Hey, good morning. Happy Easter. As uh, we say, Christos Anesti, what we used to say growing up as kids, uh, we used to go to the Greek Orthodox Church, and that's uh, what we say on, on Easter morning, Christos Anesti, which means in Greek, Christ is risen. So let's all say that together. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. You know, it's a, it's a, we turn that down just a little. It's, a, it's an exciting day to be together in my mind, and it's a, it, it comes around once every year, right? And we get this special time we can be together. But, you know, death couldn't hold Jesus. Amen. Death could not hold him. You know, he died, and he died a horrible, horrible death. We talked about that on, on Friday. Why did, he, why did he die, and why was it so horrible? Because he died for sin, and sin is... You know, uh, with a holy God, sin is, is a horrible thing. And, but, but God provided the answer, you see. That, that's the gospel. That's the truth of what we talk, call the good news, that he provided the answer. He provided his son. See, sin requires death, and, and Jesus came and he died for us. He who had no sin, he became sin for us. He died in our place, you see. He didn't die for himself. This is all kind of just a lead into the idea of, of the resurrection. He didn't die for himself because he never did anything wrong. Right? But when he did die on the cross, is one of the things that he said. He said, he said those words, it is finished on the cross. And, and what it means is that it's paid in full. And that's what they would write across the, you know, a receipt. Like when, you, when your mortgage is paid off and someday that might happen. Maybe. And, you know, it, it's marked paid in full. And then, and, and it's, it's, you know, no longer held against you. You no longer need to make those payments. Well, sin is like that too. And, but Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid in full the price for you and I. Paid for our sin. Romans 6 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wages, sin, the wages of sin is death. That's the requirement of sin. But the free gift of God is eternal life. In other words, he paid it for us and he gives us this very gift. It's a free gift. But you and I have to receive it, right? That's, that's one of the most important things. Uh, we talked on Friday night, Good Friday, and by the way, what a good Friday that was. Amen. Amen. Those of you there, it was, it was uh, you know, we weren't sure if it was going to rain, and then it didn't rain, and we were outside, and uh, it was actually warm, our, you know, our teeth weren't chattering like many other Good Fridays we've had outside. Uh, but we talked about the fact that it's not alone. What he did on the cross, it's not a loan that we have to pay back. It's a free gift, totally free. It's not a scholarship where we earned it. Well, you did a lot of good stuff, and then you got this gift of eternal life. No, it's not a scholarship. You, you, you and I can't earn our way to heaven. You know, there's something about the human nature that we kind of think, like, I need to, like, do something, and then I will get to go to heaven. Well, you know what? You can't do enough. I can't do enough to get there. It's never going to happen. You know, the, and, and this is what kind of sets Christianity apart from every other religion, is that 
you know, that you have to do something. If your good works outweigh your bad works, I heard a, a, a famous person talking about uh, his faith, that if your good works outweigh your bad works, then you're going to get to heaven. You're going to make it. But the Bible says no. No way. You're not going to. You, first of all, first of all, that your good works will never outweigh your bad works in, in, in one sense. And, and, but, but, you know, we can't get there on our own merit. It's just not going to happen. So, so the, uh, the, uh, the thing about it, it's not a loan, it's not a scholarship. And those of you that have been through college know about these things. But it's a grant. And a grant is free, right? It's totally free. And it's based on what? It's based on need. A grant is based on need. And, and uh, you know what? You and I, we need. We need. And what we need is a Savior. Because we're not going to make it without a Savior. And so Jesus came. And He came to earth from heaven to pay the price, to pay in full what you and I could not pay. But like grants, we need to apply for it, right? We need to apply. I was thinking about this too. There's always a deadline. Don't you love that? Not really. There's always a deadline though, right? And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. The deadline for us is what? Death, right, when we die, it's a, it's a real deadline, right? I mean, it's a literal deadline. But, but we shouldn't wait until we're just about to die to sign up to receive that gift because you don't know what could happen. I mean, none of us know. But that is the ultimate deadline, though. But I want to encourage you, don't, don't wait. So Jesus died, and he died once for all. And I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 24, if you would, please. He was put in a tomb, but he didn't stay there. He, he was put in a tomb, but he didn't stay there. Look at Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. It said, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. You know, this is the story of the resurrection, isn't it? Luke chapter 24 and, and the other places in the Gospels as well. And all throughout the New Testament we see the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The stone is gone. It was, it was moved. It was rolled away. And the stone, they figure, could have weighed something like 2,000 pounds. And, and so this stone is rolled away, and the tomb is empty, right? This is what we're talking about here. And I'm going to talk. I have a, a, a music video I want to play for you. 
And that's why that other sheet there has the lyrics for it. But I want to play that for you first uh, about this. But, but the resurrection is absolutely crucial and essential. And that's what I want to talk about uh, after we play this video. So are we ready there, uh, Mr. Dan? That is the one. It's called Forever. You read along in your uh, sheet if you, if you will. <clears throat> and give us some good volume here. There we go.
you know what I love about that is the excitement, how, uh, how joyous and exciting uh, they were about that. When we're looking at what happened here in Luke chapter 24, again, they went to the tomb, but were they expecting to see Jesus risen from the dead? No, they weren't. They were surprised by the fact that he wasn't there. They were surprised by what they were told when they got there. But the thing of it is that Jesus told them it was going to happen. That's what they told them there. He, he said, don't you remember that, that he told you? While he was still with you in Galilee, he told you that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to rise from the dead. But they didn't even believe it when he told them that. And so they weren't like expecting it to happen, which kind of is, is kind of shocking really to me because they spent three years with Jesus and they, they really didn't kind of get what he was trying to tell them. This is the, his whole ministry, his whole life was, was you know, funneled into this, uh, these three days, right? It, you know, he kept talking about my time, my time. What was he talking about? He was talking about this, the death, the burial, and the, and the resurrection. It was all kind of funneling down to that. And, and, you know, without that, you take away those three things, that the, the, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, what do you have? Oh, you have a good teacher. He was a good teacher, right? He taught some great stuff while he was here. The Sermon on the Mount, they say, is, you know, one of the most amazing speeches ever written. But you know what? If that's all he came to do, it's not enough. It's not enough for you. It's not enough for me. If he got to the place where he just died and that was it, that's not enough. That's not enough for you. Why is all of this so important? Again, uh, what's, maybe I got a bad battery here or something. Can you advance that for me, please? Uh. There it is. Why is this so important, the resurrection? Again, he might have lived a good life and, you know, he was a great teacher and everything like that. And then he died. Well, everybody dies, right? How does that make him any different? You know, just the fact that he died? Well, you're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all, we're all going to die. It's, it's pretty much a proven fact, scientifically, right? One for one. But, but the fact is that he rose from the dead, and it is absolutely essential. It's one of the essential facts of the Christian faith. Why is it so important? Number one I have here is that it is to prove who he is. That he wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was the son of God. He was the savior of the world. You see, if he was still in that tomb today, you know what? It's no good. It's no good for you. It's no good for me. I want you to turn if you have your uh, Bible handy there to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is also known as the resurrection chapter. We're going to look at just a few of the verses there. The resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and in verse 14, you'll see why I'm saying these things. He says in verse 14, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. 
More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. But He, but he did not raise Him in fact, if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. See, Paul made it so very clear in the writing here is that without the resurrection, it's a waste. We might as well all go home here or, or, or change the name to, you know, Green Meadow Social Club because that's all it would be. It would, it would, the, Calvary would have no meaning without the resurrection, right? The name of the church, Calvary Chapel. Calvary is the place of the cross. Without the resurrection, it, it has no meaning, it has no power. It has no life, you see. But the fact is that Jesus rose from the dead to proclaim that he was different, that he stands out from all others. Without it, our faith is futile. It's useless, he says here. Not only that, he says that our preaching is, you know, we're, we're false witnesses. and We're lying to you. I'm lying to you that you're going to have eternal life, that your life will be changed by the cross if there is no resurrection attached. Does that make sense? Does what I'm saying make sense to you? One person. I'll keep going. Verse, verse 19, look at verse 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. If it's just what we have here in this life, you know, there's plenty of other good philosophies, plenty of other good things that people can hold on to. But you see, that's not, that's not what Christianity teaches. It teaches that Jesus, as it says in verse 20, He has indeed been raised from the dead. He has indeed been raised from the dead. Okay, now you may, you may question that, whether that's true or not, but I, what I want to say to you today is that it's, it's, it's an essential truth of the Christian faith. Whether you, you know, understand it or believe it yet, it's an essential truth. Without the resurrection, we have got nothing, right? We've got a Savior that died and paid the price for His own sins. But Christianity is very different. Number one, he never sinned. Number two, he was buried. And number three, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. I'm not going to spend time today like examining all the evidence for the resurrection, though there is a lot of evidence for the resurrection. You can go into your computers and, and, uh, and, and do a search about the resurrection. You can find all kinds of evidence, and you can you can find all from all different perspectives of uh, you know of the, this resurrection. There have been men and women who were atheists who went and said, "Well, listen, I'm just going to go look at the evidence, just so I can you know shut it down, right?" And they go and and study the evidence, and what happens to them? They are convinced that it's true, and they their lives are changed. You can do that. I'm not going to give you all the evidence today, though uh, this chapter alone tells some of the evidence of all the people who saw him. Eyewitnesses, right? Eyewitness accounts. 
You can do that for yourself, but I want to assert to you today the Bible declares that he is indeed risen from the dead. Number one, to say who he is, but number two is to conquer sin and to conquer death. To conquer sin and conquer death. You see, you and I, as human beings, we have two enemies. Number one is, is not taxes. <laughs> taxes are bad. You know, they say, you know, two things that are sure in this life, right? Death and taxes. Well, some of us wish the death came before the taxes. But it doesn't work that way except, you know, your estate tax, whatever that is, if you have an estate. But really, our, 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 our two enemies as human beings is sin and death. And they're tied together, they are. Just as the resurrection is tied together with the cross, they're, they're together. You see, because sin is something that we are all born in sin, the Bible says. We're all sinners. We have to admit our need, the fact that we are lost and we have, we have no hope. Because sin leads to death, and we're all facing that. We're all facing that. But Jesus, Jesus, he conquered both sin and death through the cross and the resurrection. You see, the cross, he died for sin, right? The resurrection, he rose to conquer death. They go together. They have to go together, you see. So the questions that we always have to answer is, what are you going to do with your sin? And, and secondly, what happens when you die? What are you going to do with your sin, and what happens when you die? Well, the cross and the resurrection have the answers for you and I. Look at the end of that chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, 55. He says in verse 55, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's available. It's a free gift, as I've already said, for you and for me. The, that's all like a, a prelude. Actually, the, the, the title of my message today is Now is a Good Time. You say, well, what does that got to do with anything that you just said? Well, I'll explain it to you because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to make some kind of sense. Um, First, I have to make sense in my own head. That's a challenge. And then I have to try to make sense to people who come, right, and sit. Now is a good time. Why do I say that? Because, because we celebrate Good Friday and Easter every year, right? It, and, and for me, I think about it. We, we celebrate some holidays. We celebrate... Christmas, right? And we had a whole thing about, you know, the good news that Jesus came to bring. And, and the birth of Jesus is exciting and it's, it's something, but, you know, it really, it gets down to this time now. The death and the resurrection of Jesus. This is where it all, this is, again, where it all funnels to. Oh, it's beautiful to, to celebrate Jesus there in the, in the, you know, Bethlehem and the stable there and the Manger, thank you. That makes sense. 
you know, it's beautiful and everything, but, but you know, it all, it all comes to a head right here. And so we come together, we celebrate this once a year, and, and you know what? I think this is a good time. Holidays like Easter, especially Easter, I think, is a good time to make sure that we're right with God. To make sure. It's kind of like a spiritual checkup time. How often should you get a, a checkup physical? What do they say? Every year. How many of you do that? Two or three. <laughs> you know, I used to make an excuse, you know, that my doctor retired so I didn't have to get a physical anymore. I didn't have to go to the doctor anymore. And uh, that worked for about 10 years. <laughs> you know, but the older you get, you think, you know, I need to get a checkup. And, and probably once a year is a good, probably a good thing. I don't know that it's really that essential once a year, but, you know, more often than not, 10 years is probably kind of ridiculous. But you get a checkup to make sure you're okay. Or, or sometimes we just wait until everything goes south, right? We just wait. I think guys might be worse about this. Is that true? Guys, you know, I'm, I don't go to the doctor. There's no way I'm going to go to the doctor. Until you start to fall apart. Until your body starts to like, uh, something goes wrong. And then you go, I better, maybe I should go to the doctor. Brilliant we are. You know, amazing that we could figure that out all by ourselves. But you know, it's a, spiritual, it's a spiritual checkup that we need to do too. It really is. Holidays like Easter, again, a good time to, to make sure, a good time to think about this. Now is a good time, and I want to say that to you today. We don't know if we have tomorrow. We don't know. Now is a good time. Now is the best time. I remember the story about, about D.L. Moody was preaching in, uh, in Chicago. And uh, he said, you know what? I want you all to think about that. And then we're going to come back again tomorrow night or whenever the next meeting was. And we'll discuss it some more. But I want you to think about that. And then what happened? Anybody know the story? had a Chicago fire, the whole city was like just about destroyed. You know what? I don't know if there's going to be a fire tomorrow. I don't know if there's going to be a fire tonight, but I do know that now is a good time for you and I to, 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 to think about these things. No, don't, let's not put it off until, you know, everything goes south. Don't put it off until, you know, we, we're just about to die, you know, or, 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 or some, you know, something happens to us. That's not very wise planning, is it? That's poor planning. Now is a good time. Now is a good time for us to think about these things. Good Friday and Easter, you know, they get to the very basics, the very fundamentals of the Christian faith, really. All the rest is great, and I love all the rest, the fellowship. You know, I love potlucks, you know, the breaking of bread. I love all that stuff. But you know what? It, it all boils right down to this the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. If you got that much, you know, the rest is, is like icing on the cake, really. If you got that much, you're going you're gonna to be okay. But you got to have that much, right? 
You know, we, uh, we talked about this verse on, on Friday, you know, uh, before communion, and it says this, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. So before communion, which where we, we remember the cross, right? It's like this, this, this ex- man ought to examine himself. Think about it. A little checkup here. You don't just go take in communion because that's what people do, right? Well, that's what everybody does. I saw them do it, and they go up and they get the thing, and, 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 or they go back there, or they pass it out or whatever, and ev- that's what everybody does. Well, what Paul is saying here is, you know, it's not doing it because that's what everybody does. It's what you have inside. Do you really believe in the cross and what he did for you? Because that's what we're remembering when we partake of communion. We're not going to partake today. He did that on Friday. To ask ourselves, do I really belong to him? Now is a good time to ask the question, do I really belong to Jesus Christ? Have I surrendered? Have I given my life to him? And the cross is mine. It's not theirs. It's not someone else's. not just because... But the cross is mine. Is it, is it yours? Can you say the cross is mine? Another interesting verse that I found about this uh, is, is here, found in 2 Corinthians. Oh, went too far. He says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Examine yourselves. Have a little checkup. You know, I think one of the reasons we, we don't go to the doctor, us guys, we don't want nobody. Don't touch me. Don't examine me. I don't want no, you know, I don't want anything to do with that. But the truth is, he says, examine yourselves to see. Are you, are you really, are you really, really, Belonging to Jesus Christ? Have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? Because if you have not, you are not going to make it. I just want to tell you very point blank clearly. If, If you have examined yourself to see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. If you are, Jesus Christ comes into your life. That's what He says, unless Jesus Christ is in you. If He is not in you, you are, you failed the test. You are not in the faith. Now, he doesn't say that just to say, oh, flunk, fail, F. No, he says it so that you will make a decision for him, for Jesus, right? Examine yourselves. Now is what? A good time. Now is a good time today. You know, I'm going to keep you here for another few minutes. I'm not going to keep you here much longer. Now is a good time. To think about this, are you in the faith? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross? Do you believe that he rose from the dead? Turn back with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And we'll... Finish with these verses. Romans chapter 10 and verses 8 through 10. But what does it say? 
says the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, what? That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It doesn't get any simpler than that, does it? Someone was saying that already this morning. It doesn't get any simpler than that, than, than trusting in Jesus Christ, believing in what he did for you and for me. Paul, in these verses in verse 8, he's quoting from Deuteronomy. And, and it says back there, he says, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven, so you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it. Nor is it beyond the sea, so you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it. No, he says the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. You see, he's made it easy for us. You know, I talk to people sometimes. Well, I've got to figure this all out. Before I, can, before I can surrender my life to Jesus, I've got to figure it all right. What is there to figure out? Right? Those of you that know what I'm talking about, you know, there's not a lot to figure out other than the fact that I'm guilty. He died for me, and he rose from the dead, defeating sin and death. And will I receive that gift that he's offering to me? That's as, as simple as it gets. That's the simple gospel truth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Confess him. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. See, folks, this is life-changing. This is radical. This is, again, what it's all about for you and for me. Again, I'll say it one more time. Now is a good time. Now, I like that. Now is a good time. Now is a good time. Not tomorrow. Not, you know, the seconds before you die. We, we talked about the book of Jonah and how the people of Nineveh, they turned. They had 40 days and it, it appeared they turned immediately. They didn't wait till the 39th day to, to turn to Jesus Christ, turn to, to God, to Yahweh at that time. But for you and I, it's to the Lord Jesus Christ. So examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Now is a good time to have the spiritual checkup. Are you okay? Number one, am I a believer? Am I a follower of Jesus Christ? Am I living for him? It's a good time for all of us to kind of think about it. Am I really following Jesus? If I, if I am a believer already and I belong to him, Jesus is in my life and my heart, am I following him? Am I a part of a fellowship? Am I you know, involved? Am I, am I reading the word on a regular basis? Am I a part of what God's doing in the world today? Number one, that's, we, we all need to ask that question of ourselves. Now is a good time to think about this, folks. Now is a good time. When? Now. now. Okay, I think you're getting the idea. 
Or number two, do I need to turn to him and confess him as Lord and believe in my heart that he rose from the dead? You know what? Now's a good time for that too. Now's a good time for that. For those of you that have never surrendered your life to Jesus, now's a good time. It's a great time. I'm not going to force you to do anything. You know what? This is between you and God. But I think I've tried to make it as clear as possible that you need to make, you need to grapple with this. You need to come and, 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 and one day you will stand before him and he will ask you, what have, what have you done with my son? What have you done with Jesus Christ? Did you, did you trust him and what he did for you? Or did you just think, oh, that's, that's a nice fairy tale. That's a nice story. That's a nice whatever. But, you know, I was kind of busy. You know, I would say there's a good time coming down the road, but now's the time. So you and I, we need to grapple with these questions and ask ourselves, am I really living for him if I am a believer? And if I'm not a believer, do I need to turn to him? Do I need to confess him as Lord? Am I a sinner, first of all? Yes. Let me tell you, you are. I can just tell you that already, okay? I don't even know you, maybe. But you and I, we know ourselves, and we know we're sinners. You know, you don't have to convince somebody that. We, what we try to convince ourselves is that we're not. But we know deep in our hearts that we are. I think it's just inherent. And we need a Savior. Now is a good time. Let's not put it off. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, between you and God, again, to speak to Him in your own heart. Whichever of those two you might fit into. Because now is a good time. And I just want to take a, you know, this time as we pray and, and uh, to, to let you do business with God, you know. You and I all need to do business with Him. We either do it now or we do it later. But we're going to do business with God. It's a fact. The Bible says that, you know, one day we will all bow the knee and confess Him. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord. But you know what? It's way better to do it now than when we're standing before him. Because then it's too late. The deadline's passed, right? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the, the truths of the death of our Savior, Jesus. And for the, for the resurrection where he conquered, he rose from the dead. And, and, and it, it's offered to us as life. It's offered to us as hope for eternal life, that confident expectation because of what Jesus did, not because of what I do. Not my good works, not my uh, intellect or my merits, but because of what Jesus did. Father, I want to pray for any here that maybe are, are thinking about that and, and thinking, well, maybe I need to do business. I need to, I need to get right because now is a good time. It's Easter. I'm in church. It's a good time. If that's you, 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 you simply confess Him as Lord. Ask Him to be your Lord, and you can then confess Him as Lord. And believe in your heart that He not only died for you, but He rose from the dead for you. And receive that. Simply say, I, I believe in you, Jesus, and I am lost. I'm a sinner. 
and I receive you into my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. The Bible declares that you will be saved through those confession and faith. Lord, I pray for the rest who are here, perhaps that have already made that confession of faith, who have believed in their hearts in you, and you have entered their lives. Lord, we all need a good checkup now and then to see if we're on the right track, to see if we're, if we're really all that we're supposed to be, if we're really living for you, Lord. And we come before you now and we say, Lord, I, I'm here, 2016. And maybe it hasn't been such a great year, but today is a new day and I want to dedicate myself to you today. Lord, offer myself to you today, Lord, to live for you, to, to be yours in this world. Because you came and you died for me and you rose from the dead for me. And what more can I do? Not because I owe, but because just response, I just want to give you my life because you gave me yours. Help us, Lord. To live for you. Thank you again for this beautiful day that we have and the fact that you are alive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and we can sing together, shall we?